0: Jacob, how is everybody this morning? Are we good? I love what um, Pastor Jacob just shared. The aircon and the and the fans aren't really working with me today, my hair. But anyway, um, I love what Pastor Jacob just shared on um, consistency. Consistency is so integral and so important uh, in the good times and in the hard times that we're just consistent. And uh, and we praise God that He is our rock, that He is our firm foundation. Uh, amongst all the different things that are happening uh, at the moment, we can stand firm in who Jesus Christ is. Amen? Amen. Are we happy this morning? Are we glad to be in God's house? We get to still gather. Isn't that good? Even if we are wearing masks and we need to check in, uh, we still get to gather in God's house. And that worship, praise and worship was absolutely amazing. Thank you so much, team. Put your hands together. And uh, volunteers, I really encourage uh, that if you can be there Tuesday, we're going to pray for you, we're going to share a word, we're going to eat together, it's going to be a good night. So if you serve in any capacity or if you'd like to serve, uh, then please be there on Tuesday night. The title of my message uh, this morning is Intentions, Good or Bad? Intentions, Good or Bad? Now for those that know me well know that by nature uh, I'm very much a black or white person. Um, it's taken me a number of years to realise that in life, it's not my mum's laughing there in the front, in the second row, it's taken me a while to realise that in life, that life is not always that way. In life, there are a lot of grey areas, a lot of grey areas, much to my dislike, much to my dislike, because black and white thinking helps my brain to function. It helps my brain to function. I'm able to categorise things, You can categorize things, you can stick it in a box nice and neatly, and then you can move on to the next thing. And I love that. And black and white thinking helps me to be able to do that. Uh, But if you've lived long enough, if you've lived long enough, you would know that you can't always categorize in this category or that category. It just doesn't happen. Uh, Life doesn't work that way, it's not always black and white. And the older I get, the more I realize there are a lot of gray areas and uh and don't get me wrong i still think that there are and there is we know there's absolutes in life there is black and white you know the bible says there's right and wrong right and wrong there's uh the bible says choose life choose death you've got blessings you've got curses you've got heaven and hell those things are pretty black and white and i love to preach on those things but this morning. Uh, we're going to tackle those grey areas, if that's okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready? Welcome to our online as well. We love our online family. It's good that you can join us. Um, I don't think I'm the only one. Am I the only one that likes black and white thinking? I'm the only one with my hand up. No one else thinks like that. Do we? we we're there. I think most of most of us sometimes can be pretty quick to categorise something that's happening in our lives or make a judgment about someone or something when it's not really that black and white at all. I think we can, if we're honest, I think most of us can say that we're pretty quick to categorize. We can be quick to make judgments about ourselves and what God's doing in our lives or not doing in our lives. And it was actually, uh, we can categorize it as either good or bad. We're quick to categorize it either good, this is good, or this is bad. And it was actually Pastor Malcolm that got me thinking about this topic uh, a number of years ago. Is it good or is it bad? And, uh, and it started to mess with my head a little bit. Is it good or is it bad? And then he's like, and sometimes it's not either or, sometimes it's both. And, uh, and so I've been thinking about this uh, for a couple of years now. And, uh, and so I want to take us to the story of Joseph uh, in the book of Genesis. And if you look at Joseph's life um, and what happened to him, you would most definitely make the judgment that a lot of bad stuff happened to Joseph. Uh, If you know the story, he was sold into slavery by his brothers. Get that, by his brothers, his siblings. Sold him into slavery. Think about that for a minute. That's huge. Because they were jealous of him. And then he was falsely accused by uh, the king's wife of sexual assault. So he got thrown into prison and then he got forgotten about in prison and so he spent about 10 years in prison for a crime that he didn't commit. Good or bad? Sounds pretty bad to me. Sounds pretty bad to me. But what you come to realise as you read through the entire story of Joseph's life is that the whole time that God is outworking a plan in his life. As you read through it, you can see this plan being outworked in Joseph's life. And what's incredible is that Joseph had the wisdom to see what God was doing. He could see what, was, what God was doing. And it went, when it came time for Joseph to confront his brothers for what they had done, for selling him into slavery, uh, and imagine that. Imagine one of your siblings wanting to, wanting to kill you, but then deciding, hey, we, let's not kill him, let's just sell him instead. And not just one sibling doing that too, it, the, all of the siblings against him. Imagine that. Think about that for a moment. That sounds so much better with the air cons off. Um, but when it came time to confront uh, his brothers, this is what he said in Genesis chapter 50, verse 19. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid, I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. In another place, he tells his brothers in Genesis chapter 45, so it was God who sent me here, not you. It was God who sent me here, not you. This is what he's saying to his brothers. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. So Joseph saw things and responded differently to the average person. Would you agree? He responded differently to the average person. He wasn't quick to categorize. Far from it. He understood that his brother's intentions were for bad, but he understood that God's intention towards him and what was happening was for good. That God had positioned him to save his entire family from starvation. He didn't seek revenge. He didn't hold on to unforgiveness. He wasn't even angry at his brothers because he understood and he could see that God was outworking. This greater plan. How awesome is that? Is it good or is it bad? Is it good or is it bad? And because Joseph knew that God's intentions towards him were always for good, he knew his character. Do you know God's character? He knew his love. Do you know God's unfailing love? Because he trusted in his God, he was able to also trust God through and through every difficult circumstance that he faced he was able to put his complete trust in his God he was able to give his everything his absolute everything to every situation that he faced with a positive attitude it didn't matter if he was in the king's palace as the king's attendant and it didn't matter if he was in prison he gave his everything and the Bible says that that you could see that the Lord was with him And because the Lord was with him, he was successful uh, in everything he did, in everything he put his hand to. He gave his everything. It didn't matter what difficult circumstance he faced. He knew his God. He knew he could trust his God. He knew his love. He knew his unfailing love. He knew God's intentions towards him were for good. So he was able to face the difficult circumstance with a positive attitude. He was able to face it and put his trust in God. And you know what this did? This propelled him even further into God's will for his life. Amen? Because he wasn't quick to categorise and make judgment, he didn't spend his time complaining and whinging because he wasn't quick to categorise. He didn't spend all his time complaining and whinging and asking God, why God, why? Why is this happening to me? He didn't spend his time doing that. Because he knew who his God was, he knew his character, he knew his love, he knew he could trust him, he knew God's intentions for him were good, so he didn't spend his time doing that, instead he knuckled down and he did what he needed to do, he did what was right, he stayed consistent, what Pastor Jacob was talking about, through the good times, through the bad times, he stayed consistent, consistency was key, he refused to play the victim, He absolutely refused to play the victim and he kept his eyes firmly fixed on God because he knew what he had to do. Is it good or is it bad? Is it good or is it bad? I want to take us, I feel like I preached my sermon this morning. We must be on the same page. It's the Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, I want to take us to the New Testament where we uh, have an interaction between Peter and Jesus. And we've heard it already, but we're going to go through it again. In Matthew chapter 16, it says this, verse 29. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed and on the third day raised to life. Uh, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. I thought I was a pretty direct person, but this is direct on a whole nother level. Would you agree? This is direct on a whole nother level. You're a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. We can all agree what Jesus was describing to his disciples, torture, crucifixion, uh, murder. We can agree that sounds pretty bad, right? It sounds terrible. That is bad, 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 and bad again. I'll be quick to categorize it. That is bad. So bad. And Peter thought the same thing too, didn't he? He thought the same thing too, and he told Jesus exactly what he thought. He was bold, wasn't he? He told Jesus exactly what he thought, but Jesus rebuked Peter. Jesus rebuked Peter and called him the devil in the process. Again, I know I can be direct, but we're talking direct on a whole nother level. I thought it was pretty harsh. He he was not mincing his words, right? I mean, I wonder how many people may have been offended when Jesus walked this earth. You'd have to be pretty secure in who you are, right? But we know that Jesus loved Peter. That's the key. This is done through relationship. We know that Jesus loved Peter and he needed him to get this. He needed him to understand this because humanity depended on it. You and me, we're depending on this. And Jesus was saying, what you think is bad is actually good and it needs to happen. What you think is bad is actually good, and it needs to happen. Don't be so quick to categorise by what you think. Don't be so quick to judge by what you think. Don't be so quick to look from your perspective a human way, a very limited way, might I add. I know it's hard to admit, but our minds are so limited compared to this God that spans the universe with the palm of his hand. Don't be so quick to judge from your perspective. Don't be so quick to judge from the way you think because it's limited. This is what Jesus is saying to Peter. Don't be so quick to look at things on the surface. Peter was looking at things on the surface. Jesus can't die. What do you mean? He's the savior of the world. He can't die. He was looking at things on the surface and the kicker and the kicker that Jesus said, don't be so quick to partner with the devil and go against God's plan. Don't be so quick to partner with the devil and go against God's plan. What you think is bad is actually good and this needs to happen. It needs to happen. It's not what we think. We think it's bad, 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 but maybe it's good. Maybe it's good. Jesus said, I must go to Jerusalem and suffer at the hands of others i must go and suffer suffer is this good or is this bad is suffering is it good or is it bad the elders the chief priests and the teachers of the law of the law their intention was for bad that was their intention for bad but god's intention was for good it's always for good always doesn't matter what's happening his intention is for good always for good And Peter equated suffering with bad. That's what he's done here. He's equated suffering. No way can Jesus suffer. That's bad. And he's equated suffering with bad. And he's tried to protect Jesus. He's tried to protect him. Yet Jesus had to go through the suffering to fulfill God's plan for his life. He had to go through the suffering to fulfill God's plan for his life, which was to save me and you. How awesome is that? to save humanity. God's intentions are always for good, always for good. And what you're going through right now, is it good or is it bad? Is it good or is it bad? If you're experiencing suffering, and I know many of you are, is it really bad or does God have a greater plan? Is it really bad or does God have a greater plan? Is his intention for you good? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. His intention for you is good. You know, I read a quote recently by uh, Paul Scanlon and it says this, we battle more than we solve when we wrongly name a problem. We battle more than we solve when we wrongly name a problem? Are we quick to rebuke suffering and the devil and try and get out of it as quickly as possible? This is bad, 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 bad. I've got to get out of this. This is bad. Are we so quick to assume it's the devil? Or are you rebuking God? And his plan for your life, just as Peter did. Uh, Peter rebuked God. He rebuked him. Are you too busy blaming the devil? And I'm preaching to myself this morning, don't you worry. Are you too busy blaming the devil and other people in your life and missing out on what God's trying to do? Is that happening? Just like Jesus, sometimes we need to go through the suffering uh, to accomplish God's plan for our life. It's so integral. If it's good for Jesus, it's good for us, right? Right? Do we make a commitment to Jesus in the good times and in the hard times? We're there with him, right? Is it good or is it bad? We think sometimes, you know, and I think the devil gets a lot of credit. You know, it's the devil. He's trying to trick me. He's trying to attack me. He's trying to harm me. He's trying to get me. He's trying to ruin my life. But but maybe it's not him. Maybe God's trying to position you. Maybe that's what's happening. Maybe God's trying to position you. Maybe what people intended for harm, God is intending to use it for good. Maybe that's what's happening. Maybe we need a bigger perspective and we need to expand our minds and begin to see things the way God sees them and not from our limited perspective of humanity. Maybe that's what needs to happen. When things don't work out your way, are you quick to categorise it as bad? If you get one shut door, do you give up and say, well, it mustn't be of God then? I'm like that sometimes. Oh, shut door, can't be of God. That's not not biblical. That's not scriptural. That's not in the Bible. When Jesus prayed for a blind man and the blind man was only partially healed, Jesus said, can you see? He said, well, sort of. I see people, but they look like trees. Jesus didn't go, oh, well, that must be God's will for your life then. See you later. No, he prayed again. He didn't give up. He didn't give up. He prayed again because he understands that God's will for people is to be fully healed and restored. That's God's will. And so he prayed again. He prayed again. He knew it was God's will and he knew God's intention was for good. When Mary came to give birth to Jesus and needed a room, And the inn was full. And they're like, sorry, you need to go to the stable with the animals. Does that mean it's not of God? It was still God's will. It wasn't maybe exactly how Mary was picturing, giving birth in a stable. Can you imagine women in the house? You know, the stuff we complain about. She was in a stable with animals. Maybe this isn't God's will after all. This doesn't seem right. It's a little bit too hard. No, it was still God's will. When you face obstacles and challenges, are you quick to say that this mustn't be of God then? It can't be his plan. It's no way I saw this playing out. It's too hard. It requires too much sacrifice. He can't want me to suffer like this. What of Joseph then? What, what of Jesus Christ himself? What of Mary, the mother of Jesus? I mean, she watched her boy die. She watched him crucified on a cross and stabbed and crown of thorns and whipped and tortured. What of her if it's not of God? What of Mary? You know, God never promised smooth sailing. He never promised that we wouldn't suffer. He's never promised that. In fact, suffering is part of being a Christian. It's good news this morning, I'm telling you. It's good news. But we need to, we need to understand this stuff. It's, it might sound whatever it sounds like, as I'm thinking, what does this sound like? But we have to know this stuff because it's going to help us journey through the hard times. We have to know this stuff. It's going to help us as we journey through the hard times. Suffering is part of being a Christian. One Peter five ten, and the God of all grace, who called you to His eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will Himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. For our light, momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. 2 Timothy, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. It's not strange days. It's in the Bible. It says it. Romans 8.18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. You can't compare it to what God is doing in you. God is working in you and his intention for you is for good. Is it good or is it bad? Is it good or is it bad? He never promised that you wouldn't suffer, but he promised he will always be there. He promised he will never leave you nor forsake you. Are you awake this morning? He promised that he will never leave you nor forsake you. He promised that he would walk you through the fire. He promised that he would hold your right hand. He's right there beside you. He's not going to leave you. He's with you. He didn't promise you wouldn't suffer, but he had promised he will go through the suffering with you. And in actual fact, he's already done that. How could he give any more? He died on a cross and he rose again. There's not much more for him to say. I mean, that's, that's everything. He gave his life. He gave his blood. His name is Jesus. Jesus God's not going to bring you this far, church. He's not going to bring us this far and just leave us. That's not the God we serve. That's not the God we serve. No way he's going to bring you this far and go, huh, tricked you, see you later. No way. He's going to be with us every step of the way. God has a greater plan. And he's working a greater plan out in your life right now. Whatever you're going through, you have to know deep down inside that God's intentions for you are for good. For good. Whatever it is that you're going through. You have to know it. And when you know this, you will refuse to play the victim. We can't afford, we cannot afford to play the victim. We cannot afford to play the victim. You are not a victim. You are not a victim. Joseph was not a victim. Jesus was not a victim. Mary was not a victim. But God was positioning them for great things. And what was that for? To save others, to make a difference in the lives of others. And the same goes for you. That wasn't just for Joseph. That wasn't just for Mary. That wasn't just for Jesus Christ himself. He's doing the same thing with you. He's positioning you for what he has for you. He's positioning you for a greater plan. He's positioning the church for a greater plan. Why? Ultimately, that we would make a difference in the lives of others. It's always, always about others, ultimately. And quite possibly, like Joseph, you are exactly where God wants you to be. And it is good. And while you're there, like he did with Joseph and many, many others in the Bible, he's developing your character. Yeah. He's working on your attitude. Who's got an attitude sometimes? <laughs> Come on. We've got some honest people in the house. I love that. Something they say about our church is we're authentic. And we saw it right there. We are authentic and we are transparent. Right? He's dealing with our attitudes. Because I tell you what, they need to be squashed and jumped on and kicked at at times. Flesh die, flesh die. Lord, may your spirit take over me. I need you, Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, I need you, come. His intentions for you are always good. I know I keep saying it, but we need to get it deep down inside. You might be the stop, Mel, I heard it already. No, his intentions for you are good. His intentions for you are good. His intentions for you are good. Don't let anybody or anything tell you any different. Immediately after Jesus rebuked Peter, if you read on, and again, has already shared this scripture. We're on the same page, Di, and that was absolutely brilliant message this morning. Immediately after Jesus rebuked Peter, it says this in, in, uh, in Matthew. Is it Matthew? Yeah, I've got some scriptures wrong this morning. It says this, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Church, God must want us to get something this morning, because this is the second time I've heard this scripture. God, there's something we must get here this morning. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. You know, picking up your cross and following Jesus is not always rainbows and butterflies. It's not always rainbows and butterflies. There's sweat, blood and tears. It's part of it. And that's okay. That's okay. Okay. But God promises you that as you lose your life, as you lay down your life, as you lay down how you think things should be, as you lay down how you want things to be, there's things I want and I want it to be this way. And God says no. And I can fight him or I can go, okay, let's do it your way. Let's do it your way. You know the difference between Joseph And Peter is one had humility and one had pride. One had humility and one had pride. Joseph recognised what God was doing and he trusted him and he humbly placed himself into God's hands and he did what was right consistently. Week in, week out, consistent. He did what was right with a positive attitude. Peter, on the other hand, he thought he knew. He thought he knew. And he looked at things from a human perspective. And he began to tell God how it was going to happen. Jesus just described this is what's going to happen. And Peter, in all his pride and in all his flesh, said, no, that's not going to happen. This is going to happen. You think that sounds pretty stupid, but I think we do it all the time. We say, not like this, God, like this. And we almost force him to do it our way. And he's rebuking us in the process and saying, no, get behind me, Satan. That's not of God. This is his plan. Come this way. Come this way. Peter acted and spoke in pride. He was quick to categorise, very, very quick to categorise. Is it good or is it bad? You know, God calls us to walk in humility. He calls us, we don't know, We think we know, but we don't know. And he calls us to walk in humility and to trust him. Not everything is as it seems, and not everything is black and white thinking, much to my despair in life. Matthew chapter... No, not Matthew. This is one I got wrong, right? Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. Did you get that? We're conforming to the image of His Son. It's not the other way around. God's not conforming to our life and what we want to do and how we want to do it and how we think things should be done. No, we're conforming to the image of His Son. And sometimes that's painful. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes truth is spoken. Sometimes there's correction. Sometimes there's hard work. Sometimes there's sacrifice. Sometimes there's consistency in standing firm and strong, but we're conforming into the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters and those he predestined he also called and those he called he also justified and those he justified he also glorified. And so it comes down to trusting God, to knowing his character. Do you really know God? Do you spend time in His Word, time in prayer, getting to know Him? I encourage you to do that, even more so in these times. Turn the news off, turn the social media off, turn off that family member that goes on and on and on. (laughs) still love them. But get in God's Word. Get in God's Word, get into His presence, get into prayer. And know, and when you do that, you know that His intentions towards you are always for good. Amen? So is it good or is it bad? You decide. You decide. You get to decide for yourself. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for your word this morning, Father God. I thank you that your intentions towards us are always for good, Father God. What others may have intended for harm, what others may have intended for harm, Lord God, your intention is for good, Lord. And we thank you that we can trust you within you in that, Father God, no matter what we're going through, Father, no matter what circumstance we're facing, Father God, that your intentions towards us are good. We thank you for your peace, Father. We thank you for your strength. We thank you that you're our firm foundation, Lord God. We thank you that you're with us in times of suffering, Father God that you walk us through the fire, that you hold our hands, that you never leave us nor forsake us, that that you are with us and we thank you for that, Lord. We keep our eyes firmly fixed on you, Lord God. Help us to be consistent in hard times, Lord God. Help us to be consistent in hard times, Father God. I pray for a blessing over every single person in the house and every family uh, represented here today, Lord God, that you touch your people, Father. Just while we got our heads bowed and our eyes closed, just for a moment, I just want to give anyone an opportunity that has not entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You don't know this God personally that I'm talking about, and you want to get to know Him if you're online or in the house this morning in the building. I want to pray a prayer with you. It's a simple prayer. And it's your first step in taking this journey with God. So if that's you, as we pray this prayer, we're going to pray all together. Believe it with all your heart as you speak it out. Church, if you follow after me, God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. I ask that you forgive my sins. I pray for healing. Today I choose to make you Lord and Saviour of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, if you'd like to lift up your hand in the air, just so we know that you've prayed that prayer. Or if you're online, if you can connect us. I see that hand there. And if you're online, um, we'd love to connect with you. And congratulations. This is, this is integral. This is your first step in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, to know that... To know that he's never going to leave you. You don't have to do life by yourself anymore. He's with you. Praise Jesus. Amen. We're going to worship. What are we doing, Paula? Are we going to do goodness of God? That sounds good. All right, let's go. If you stand to your feet, if you'd like prayer, come forward. We'd love to pray for you. and We love you guys.